I'm in Max, 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 Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to season oh 29, God. episode 11 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My, my name is Stu. I'm Storic. Oh, I'm Mike. I'm not going to do the deep voice thing. <laughs> He's Mike. <laughs> In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, we're going to be talking about Strategic Cons Orcon 2022, which is next weekend. Why Mike is here? Start, official start time Thursday noon? Is it the uh, Friday noon? Friday at noon. Friday at noon. Uh, and also, Joe from Detroit asks about finding uh, a group, and Eric from New Jersey writes in about playing non D and D with D and D fans. But first, if you'd like to email us, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And we do the show live, 7.31. Look, we're almost on time. PM Pacific Time, Friday, um, at happyjacks.org slash live. Okay. So, let's go. what's going on with the convention? We're back. You are back. Well, you were back. We were, we were, we were back in September, uh, but we're, st- we're still back. Gateway. Gateway, right. correct. Okay. Uh, I look, I work there, and it's hard to keep them all straight. You guys have to think. But uh, uh, it's kind of nice. This is... Orcon's always been the largest one. Right. So it's nice to see... Oh, well, having two in a row is kind of nice, because four virtual ones in a row was demoralizing. Oh, sure. We, <laughs> we, need, to, we need to preface for those of you that aren't in the LA area... All three cons, four yes. cons. All three, three cons are under the same umbrella. Correct. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're 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 names from the past uh, as we absorbed them. Because I think the first Orcon was more than forty years ago. I went to the Orcon when it was in Anaheim at the Sheridan. Right, which, which I think is where it started originally. S- late seventies, early eighties. I was in junior high school. That sounds right. Sleeping on the bench, getting kicked yeah. out of the the movie room because I pulled three. Tables to get chairs together because <laughs> he was snoring too loud and they couldn't watch. Probably. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh no, no, yeah, but uh, yeah, we do all we do three a year and. What are they? It's it's so so. Orcon is President's Day, uh, GameX is Memorial Day, and Gateway is uh, Labor, Labor Day. Day. And what do you have planned? <sighs> Not as much as I would like, but it's good that we have something. Um, I mean, the usual state, state of stuff, we've got, of course, Adventures League, and Pathfinder's got a big presence. Uh, Jim, who can't be here, has got, I don't know, a big spate of all kinds of other role-playing games, miniatures, board games. Uh, LARPs are kind of light. Uh, party games, kind of light. War games, video games, just a little bit of everything. Cool. Are you guys going to do the Artemis thing again? No, he has not returned yet. Uh, mainly because... Kind of the same problem that we're all having is that uh, the restrictions and stuff have kind of killed his manpower. Right. But he still has it. I mean, like we, we invested a lot of money, and I, I literally talked to him last night. Not only does he he's dying to come back when he has people, but he actually wants to run Artemis two completely separate sessions in different rooms together. Oh, head to head, or would it be well, both? He wants to do both. Oh my now let's pretend I don't know what Artemis yes, okay. is. Okay. <laughs> Artemis. Artemis is awesome. Artemis was so good that the original guy who did it when he left, we, we had basically had to get another guy. But um, the best description for it is it's a six-player cooperative game where five players have a computer in front of them, and the sixth person is the captain because you're a spaceship bridge crew. 
one person is weapons, you've got a pilot, science, communications, engineering, and you guys got to work together to do missions. These are actual functioning computers. Functioning computers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not just, uh, I have one job on this ship, and that's to press this This button. (laughs) No, it's weird, because, like, even the ones like science and communications, you would think they they have a, a legit role in the game. Everybody has something they can do, and where science, anytime you're doing any kind of a combat, there's all kinds of stuff you can do on the other guy's ship to say where he's weakest or that kind of stuff. Uh, communications, you can prod people into fights. You can also, I, I, the one time I played, well, I think we played it once or twice. I think we only played it once, but Zachary was with me, my son, and he was weapons officer, and I was communications officer. And he got a little heavy trigger finger, and so Shot. we were attacking a ship, and the ship surrenders. I say, hey, the guy just surrendered. Zachary's like, <laughs> no! Fourteen-year-old boys. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, my 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 son who's twelve loves that game. Oh, it's so much fun. But he 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 actually excels at captain though, which is really weird. Oh really? Oh well, he's an authoritarian, so. <laughs> so walk us through how how you guys are handling the cons. Well, the safety and how how the hotel is dealing with it and all of that because I'm curious. Well, the sure nice thing is is that LA County, who has been among the most stringent when it comes to safety protocols, laid it all out for us, so we didn't right. have a whole lot of choice in the matter. Right. right. Well, no, that's fine. There's no gray area, right? No, like, there's not. This, these you, are the rules. You have to. Well, the the rules we're enforcing is you have to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have. It's kind of nice because uh, our LARPs are very very low, so they're the people that they do have. They're they're I call them the vaccine rangers. They've got the desk because before you can get a badge you've got to you know show your QR code or your or your or your card, card or something right uh, something like that and then sign the whole harmless agreement once you got that then you can go on and get your badge and it's it's really streamlined that whole like you don't notice it um it's it, it's really kind of nice uh you have to wear a mask everywhere you're in there um it, you know we're cleaning the pens that kind of stuff uh, all the all the event rooms have kind of been spaced out. I know that all the tables in the international bar, we took out rows, and you know, instead of it being a regular, you know, between four and six foot spacing, now everything's like six and eight. Right. You know, most of like I know all the adventure league stuff. They they cap the games. I think at four or five people instead of the seven they usually do. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah there's a lot of that kind of stuff where everything's just kind of smaller, smaller, which right. is pretty good because. You know, the last full Orcon we had, which was 2019, no, 2020. You guys were first in the seams. 2500. Yeah. That was, like, we hit it, we, I think we're at the actual tennis was like 2503, like unique individuals. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. And it's the guy who's got to find a place to put everything. That's hard. Oh, I bet. Very hard. But now, like, last time we, you know, we're expecting if the algorithm holds true between 1,000 to 1,300, somewhere in that range, which mm-hmm. is fairly standard to what we had at the last gateway. Uh that's what? still a really good amount. It's good. Well, it's funny because when I, when I first got involved, just as a volunteer, uh, GameX, which is historically the smallest. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of where it falls in the year. Well, yeah, everybody's like, usually that's where the GM's like, well, I'm going yeah. on vacation with my family yeah. because we've all been cold for the last five months. Right. We're all going to the you know the beach or the desert or the river or the whatever. Uh, you know, if we'd hit 700, we were very happy. Oh no, kidding! That low. Wow. It was seven hundred. Still a lot of people, like for a weekend, hanging out. It is, but except when you're paying for the hotel, that was the problem. Is yeah. that that when the ownership group that we have now took over, they had been bled pretty dry by the previous people, and so right. GameX, you know, Orcon made money, GameX lost money, Gateway on a good weekend broke even, and that's kind of how we were for a lot of years there until we 
started seeing just a little more growth, a little more growth, and all right. of a sudden it's like, where do we put people now? Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, at one point they were talking about because I, I don't know if you, how long your contract is. It is there, but they were they were looking to see if they could find a place that checked all the boxes and was larger, and they were having trouble. Well, and the hill was pretty large, but it, you guys filled it up pretty quick. I mean, just the the. The what is it? The game room by itself was mm-hmm. packed every day. Yeah. What the biggest change that we've seen in the convention? Because for even in the in the slower years, like Saturday and Sunday between like ten and noon, there is no space. Yeah. All those slots for every department, all those t- that's all taken up. Everything's busy, right. and then it tapers off towards the end of the night. Well, but then you have all these people submitting all the stuff. And it's like, hey, these slots are full, man. So that pushed up later in the night. Like you can always tell how good the numbers are going to be when on, you know, you walk in the main main ballroom at like Sunday at six p.m. and just take a look around. If there's like very little table, empty table space, that's going to be a very good con because everybody just stuck around and played. That makes sense. That makes sense. <clears throat> so what what do you what what do you think? Are there any things, any things coming up to this con that you think are don't miss things that people... Yeah, so I was, was going to ask a variation of that, too. It's like, what, what can we look forward to at the work on this year? Man, I wish I had more stuff. I mean, it, the thing is, is, at this point, it's just everybody's getting back together. So don't miss actually seeing people. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, because, well, in a lot of cases, because I know in board... Well, I mean, the, the, the one place I have direct hands-on is I run the miniatures department. And there's a whole spate of games that, I've, that are brand new to me. You know, the, the, did you know there's a Scott Pilgrim miniatures game? I did not. Yeah, me neither. But I've got a guy running it Saturday night. That's awesome. I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, and the guys that make you know Gloomhaven at all? No, I know. Gloomhaven. I've heard of it. But yeah, well, it's I've heard of it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people, the company that makes Gloomhaven has lots of offshoots of it. I got a guy running all of that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. So there's, and there's tons of board games that are just you know that have been released in the last couple of years that they're finally getting a chance to come out and right. you know see people. Um, you know what might be interesting for you is that all the people that were stuck at home in COVID playing board games are now hooked, and they might actually show up to Oricon now to play board. You games. know, I really hope that's the case. Well, we we well everyone's miniatures should be painted by now. Well, <laughs> uh, you would like to think so. You you still got a bunch of like uh, space marines. You know how hard that is. It gets tedious after the thirtieth one. You're like, this is the same damn space marine. Yeah, yes it does. <laughs> They're all the same color. I I, I, I picked the army because I like the helmets, but fuck those helmets are hard to paint. <laughs> Thousand suns because <laughs> they have the, the big sort of the, yeah, Egyptian yeah. motif thing on top. Oh of yeah, them. yeah. And it's two colors that are hard to well, yellow is hard to fix. Yes. Well, I use a, I use, I, use a gold, I use a gold sharpie. Oh, there you go. That works pretty well. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah. Uh, we talked to that. I just did it out of desperation. It's awesome. Because <laughs> I kept fucking up. And yeah. God damn it, there's red everywhere now. The gold. Anyway. The gold looks better anyway. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to ask you about. Uh, how's the hotel? Um, it, does it separate rules for the hotel, or or you the hotel and Oricon? You guys are sharing the same COVID rules, so it's not like if I go to the restaurant, it's different I, set of rules. I, I than don't what I was think doing. the restaurant's going to check you for your card, but you do have to be masked. I think you need to have proof of vaccination to get a room. I'm not entirely sure about that. I didn't follow up on that part of it, but they know that they're and they sanitize a lot of stuff. But you know, it, have you stayed in a hotel during a? Oh yeah, okay. No, not during COVID, but I've, I've oh, stayed at the oh, hotel oh. during the cons. Yeah, uh, 
I'm pretty because the last time we were there, well, because I travel for work, so I've stayed in lots of hotels. Uh, they don't usually change your stuff. I think that's still a thing. They're not doing, they're not coming into your room every day, right? But okay, all right. I'm just trying to trying to put people at ease so that they can go to Orcon and, and kind of know what's up and what to expect. So it sounds like really the takeaway is bring your vaccination card, oh, bring you all your have ID, to have that. And, and be patient because. People are going to be thorough. Well, if you can, thorough. Thorough. <laughs> if you if you can, you can you, if you pre-reg and you have your QR code, you can actually set that up with your account beforehand, and we have an express line. See, there you go. There that's you go. why you're here. That was right. good advice. That, yeah, but if you're coming from out of state, sorry, I think there's only three or four states that have the QR code system that we can look at. Oh right! Like it's weird. It's really? like cal- yeah, it's, it's it's bizarre. I know that now, the guy has like the uh, they're not international? A picture of their card on their phone. Is that acceptable? Yeah, that, that, that works too. That works because we can look at it that way too. But you can the other way you can load it through the website. When oh, you go okay. to the part where you have your badge. There's a thing that says submit QR code, and you can just fire it through that, and then you're on a different list. Oh okay. And then when you go to the convention, uh, there's a lane just for that because you've already done all that. You can skip the other desk of like, vaccine rangers. It's like the Disneyland Fast Pass. Yeah, like, exactly. You're, right. you're like you're in the system. You right. just get to go. So very cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of that that one actually worked out in our favor. It's kind of nice, and the fact that we've got somebody who with the technical know how to do that kind of stuff really comes in handy. Yeah, yeah, I bet. All right. Shocked that there's programmers amongst the amongst our community. Uh, yeah, well, decent ones anyway. Yeah. there's lots of programmers. Well, ones that want it for free. Yeah, <laughs> we I, I we once had somebody who worked on our website whose claim to fame was I taught myself how to do it, and that was kind of obvious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do uh, you want to answer some emails with us? Always. Okay. Uh, I'll read the first one. Uh, th- let's see. Uh, this is from Joe in Detroit, finding a group. I've been uh, tabletop gaming starting in 1980s and on forward with a few years in between. <clears throat> Leaving it because of military posting. Thank you for service. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always came back to it after things settled down. Then life would step up and end it. I'd- no, no, we know nothing about that. Right. <laughs> After many such events, I am finding it harder and harder to find people to build a game with or to join with. At this juncture, I'm just not gaming now. Mm. Uh, the last time was in 2020 during the pandemic, a one-on-one t- uh, second edition D&D game that dried up because of a better job opportunity for the GM, which I don't begrudge. After trying... Almost every way to con- re- reconnect that I know of, I've run out of ideas to find other players. Any suggestions? P.S. I've been a fan for five years, at least my, at least, five years at least, or that's my least favorite <laughs> is L5R. <laughs> but I think it's the other way around. Yeah, I don't know, but that's fine either way. I have been a fan for five years at least. My favorite is, is L5R. L5R. There's a missing comma, I think. Okay. So no, it's right there at the end. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this is a this is a common problem. And we're it was, we always say we have to preface this by saying we are blessed to be on this podcast and to be in this area where we have so many people willing to yep. play. We are and and a lot of it is actually through the con. We've met many people through cons. Well, that's what and I was going to say. That's usually my first thing is go to a con. But it's funny you mentioned that you're a veteran. Or at least you were in the military because 
we discovered, or I discovered early on in our podcast, is we uh, we had a lot of people that were in service that would play role playing games, right? And they were very passionate about it. And we even did a drive where we sent a bunch of role playing. I think early on we sent a whole bunch of like gaming material, I think to Afghanistan or something, and they were really appreciative. We have a lot of um, people that have served or are serving that listen to our cast or used to. So perhaps check in with the vets. Right, you know, get on one of the boards and ask, "Hey, anybody want a game?" Because I was surprised how many people in the armed services, and all, and all of them, liked role playing games. Oh yeah, it was it was eye opener to me. I I I, 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 I I would double down on game conventions because that's you're gonna f- like if you go to the RPG section of a gaming convention, those are people who play RPGs. You've already got the audience you're looking for right there. And I'm pretty sure Detroit has a gaming convention. It's you know, I think every major metropolitan. Maybe you can answer this more than we can. I'm pretty sure every major metropolitan city has a gaming convention of some sort. And if not, the local game stores have informal groups that meet or have a mini conventions of their own that they throw Wednesday a couple of night times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I have the, the the fortune of traveling for work, and so I go to lots of places. And speaking to the veterans, uh, places near a military base and generally have really badass game stores. Oh there. really? Oh really? yeah, because I. I <laughs> There's, you know, El Paso is not like a large town, but of course Fort Hood is there, and there's more than one really good uh, game store that is frequented by veterans. Because not only do you like the role play, there's there's usually big 40k players in there. Right. There's, there's tons and tons of that kind of stuff. So, yes, uh, your local game stores frequently have their own stuff. Most of them have some sort of a bulletin board. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, uh, a lot of stores host uh, adventure league nights. So I know it's that limits you to D and D, but it's a place to start at least. Sure, yeah. At least you get people who are interested in playing role playing games, right? And and of course, you know, if 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 Albuquerque, New Mexico, can have a game con, um, I'm sure Detroit's got one or one nearby. Right. So. Yeah, I mean it, it's tricky. It really is hard. And if you're trying to do something online, I mean, there's a or and that isn't online. If you're trying to meet up in person, it's probably a little harder now than it once was. But that's always hard is to find the people, vet them. That's well, it, how do you the, the nice hook thing, up? It's like it, dating. You know, if like, it's if it's a I don't know, like like our game store has gaming tables set up that are, are free to use. In fact, there's two game stores in Pasadena now. The other one does too. Yes, I don't, are they still open? The one on. Green is that green? Uh, is there a new one on green? Oh, that thing is you haven't seen it, it's two stories. Mm, yeah. Oh God, it's huge. Are we mentioning names here? I know the names of them. Yeah. Uh, well uh, they changed the name. It used to be Game Empire, but it's Yes. Well Game- because 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 the, the owner passed away. Right, Chuck. And right. Odyssey Odyssey. Right. Which I, I was actually at earlier tonight. Oh okay. I needed paint. Right. <laughs> you got a lot of paint there. They do. And you've been to the other one over here? Uh, I have because because that one's gameology, because gameology actually st- the, the original gameology was out by Burbank, right? No, it was out, out the original original funny story, the guy who runs our library, Dave Holt, owned the original gameology, which was in Claremont by a college. Oh really? And then it got sold a couple times and moved around a little bit, but they still have a store in Upland next to me. Oh, and so then they, it, op- they opened this one up. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. How the hell are they affording rent here? I don't that's got to be because that's a prime area. Th- right it's there. a nice store in a nice place with lots of visibility and an expensive area on a corner. So right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you cannot for any kind of retail store, you can't have picked a better a better spot. But maybe sales have been great over the over the maybe COVID well days. Well, the thing is though is Game Empire had a huge community. Yes. And that's and honestly, anywhere that I go these days, 
any store that's had any because I've traveled for 25 years so I've seen a bunch of them go and a bunch right. of new ones come and so on and so forth and the key is the community if you if you if you cultivate your players your regular customers that's how you're gonna you're, you're gonna live and die by that right and uh, the first and the, when they moved there they they moved there before Odyssey had opened up and I think they went after uh, a lot of the people in the area that needed a place to game sure well yeah they have the whole second floor looks like they were still constructing it when I went there but it looks like that whole second floor I guess is was, just gaming I mean, yeah. it this weekend that's cool oh new, it's a new game store it's Take gorgeous awesome. it is gorgeous a lot of 40k stuff in there I'm gonna too. have to go in before the, all the gamer funk sets in that's too late no. oh way too late <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in the walls you can't you, <laughs> if it's still but it's still new right it's, still, it's, it's soaked it's into the bones <laughs> of the building <laughs> you'd be how fat look look You'd be surprised how fast gamers can ruin anything. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. not surprised. I still, I can never remember. I can will never forget the look on Heather's face the one time she showed up to the game convention for some reason. Yeah, and we were we were in a small room. It was like the LARP guys kept some of their stuff in the corner or something, and so we did a live show there. There's probably 40, 50 of us in the room, something like that, and it wasn't that big. But we're all nose deaf because it's. It's Saturday night. We've been gaming all day long. I'd already, I'd, I'd We're already had drunk then too, and I had, I'd already actually had us my second shower of the day because I took a shower in the morning, and then after my last game, I went and took a shower before we did the podcast. She comes walking into the thing like, like she gets hit by a wall. No, oh. <laughs> audibly makes a noise and left. <laughs> buddy mine, me. buddy mine. He used to run lots of conventions. He his his. Uh, <clears throat> Suggestion was always to make the con badge out of the same material that put the little trees in your car. <laughs> I hear you. Oh my ge- god, that would be here's awesome! Your other genius idea I was sitting here thinking of as we were talking. We need to summon, we need to get one of these programmers that'll work for free, and we'll set up a like a grinder for uh, app for gamers. So just make gaming groups that way. It's like you know, swipe left if you like. Gron the Barbarian, played by you know, Chuck <laughs> from Detroit. <laughs> well, so, well, well, speaking of like vetting players, one of the things that. That Dave used to talk about is they used to go to Game Empire when they were g- trying to find a new player because they had their group and like they'd lose someone and it's like okay we need to get another person so they'd arrange a game at Game Empire because they had open gaming tables so you'd go there meet this person you haven't invited them into your house yeah, they, they don't know where you what, live they don't know where you <laughs> live and you, and you run a one shot and see if they're yeah, gonna match yeah, that's yeah. not a bad idea yeah and if they it looks like they are gonna match to say hey normally we don't game here we game over here but we didn't know if you're gonna be a psychopath or not you don't seem like one right. so let's go right and then but if they are they're like that was great can you leave now go away go right. away bye 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 we're leaving. <clears throat> So again, we're and take a the, very circuitous route home. <laughs> back, back, back to Joe from Detroit. You start with your local gaming stores and see if you can't, you know, get a group from there. And I remember being shocked early on in this podcast too, where we were talking to or people were talking about how they had just gaming friends and their real friends, and we were like, "But our real friends are our gaming friends." But it turns out, and I get it now, having been in a, a couple of groups where I don't meet the people till I walk in, that there are gaming friends only, and. So that's maybe a different way to look at it when you're trying to find people, which is you're just trying to find people to game with, not necessarily to hang out with, other than to game. Well, it's dead. Hmm. I just was looking... There there used to be a site called Nearby Gamers. I think it was nearbygamers.com. And it it was a... Like a location-based way for gamers to find each other. You go in and say, if you want to run a game, what system you're running in it, 
approximately what area you're in. It does it, it did it by location, but then it kind of like scrambled it so he wasn't exact. And then he could see, and like around here, he could go on it, and there was a map, and I could say, oh, like there's a guy who plays Hero who lives like a Nearby. mile and a half wow. that way. Yeah, it was neat. Now it says Hello World. That's not a good sign. No, generally not. That's that looks like a WordPress installation. Yep, it is a WordPress installation. That's a. But down <laughs> below, I noticed down below it, did, it. There was another one that said RPGs or something. So maybe they've rebranded. If you go back the page and then. No. Okay. That wasn't it. it was, I'm pretty sure it was nearbygamers.com. No, no, but you have nearby near, down down nearbygamers the RPG site. Uh, that's a different. That's different. I wonder if they have that. Service. Oh, you know what? Oh, though? that's the form. That's a form. That's okay. you know what though. That's still not a bad idea. If there's a game that you're looking for specifically, oh yeah, their own forms are usually pretty good. I know that I found miniature game players that way. Right. Um, <coughs> where it's like, hey, in this area, people are doing that. Uh, also, I know people. And granted, this is more of a board game thing, but at least with a shot, uh, Meetup.com. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's groups that I know that of people who have there are, are, are at least local here there are RPG groups on, right. on Meetup. Well, I think Detroit's a large enough metro area where that's yeah potentially viable there at least right. I would think. I agree. So anyway, these are all the tried and true methods, and again, um, oh, you may not have a convention in your area, or it might be too far away. We I get that there might not be a gaming store anywhere nearby, or it's snowed in right now. I get that. Um, I. Yeah, try. You'd be surprised how many of your friends might game or are gaming curious, but you don't really know it until you ask. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're looking for D and D, D and D is not what it was when we were kids and got our asses kicked for it. Right. Right. And there's a lot of cachet to it, and there's people who are at least willing to try. It's a place to start. You never know. Yeah. Right. That's true. And, and and everyone's heard of D and D at the yeah yeah that's no well the thing is D and D is like Catan is for board games that is the gateway right you've heard of it you know I mean shit it was a punchline for a long time yes it was right or you do what Stu did which is I want a game and he proceeded to assemble an entire empire <laughs> about gaming because that right. Stu doesn't do anything by half measures but but it, it, <laughs> it, it was amazing how many people I knew in people in our band I didn't know were gamers because we'd never actually talked about it right. And once I said, "Yeah, I'm thinking, do you need to get?" Well, okay, well, okay, Next thing you know, like half, more than half the band's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in." That's, that's, <laughs> you would be your, really your older generation had it trained out of that you don't advert, you don't fly yeah. that flag. <laughs> You're true. not the one. Look, if somebody else brings it up, cool. You don't start that conversation. <laughs> you, you don't want to out yourself at work either. They're like, hmm? next thing you know, you're stuffed in a locker and you don't even have lockers right. in your house. Right. <laughs> the proper bully carries one with him. <laughs> right. I carry, this is my locker. I carry it around with me in case I find a nerd I need to put in here. <laughs> well, at least I'm not carrying a toilet. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my suggestion about, you know, ask your friends. You might really be surprised. They're like, yeah, I used to game in high school. I'd love to try that. And you're like, oh, really? Yeah, never, never, <laughs> over, never underestimate the I used to crowd. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're all. They're all like, yeah, I'd love to do. That. I remember that was a lot of fun, and I, I haven't. Yeah, that's and that right, in. right in the nostalgia, man. Yeah. Right in the right yeah. there. Yeah. Fish on. All right. Uh, how much accommodation is too much from Eric in New Jersey? Thank you for the email, there, yes. Joe. And I hope you find a gaming group. I do. Hello, all you glorious jackers. Eric from New Jersey here. I have an actual dilemma here that my DM experience is not helping me with. 
I am running a Savage Worlds fantasy campaign for a bunch of D&D heads. The reason I do this is because I am not a fan of D&D, yet my players can't seem to help comparing it to D&D at certain opportunities. I even use some, but admittedly not much, of the Pathfinder for Savage Worlds to help them. I will admit, I am not one to house rule a lot. I research house rules... Uh, oh, hold on a second. Someone did... Huh? Holy crap. Someone did a quick search for apps, uh, I'm assuming on their phone. We Gamers, app for finding gaming, gaming yeah. friends. So, yeah, I guess there's apps. I guess the... I guess the My million-dollar idea has now been downgraded to, like, $200 idea. Right. Money out of pocket. Oh, well. It really it doesn't surprise me, you know? It's, it's Gamers need... To meet up and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a common problem. Yeah, not everybody's as blessed like like I am with you know. If, if I say I'm running a game, I've got to fight them off with a stick. Yeah, right. No. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I will admit I am not one to house rule a lot. I research house rules that people typically use, but especially with Savage Worlds, they have genre rules which are in place house rules that you can add or subtract to make the game feel different. I still run into problems though. There is a berserking orcish healer at the party. It was determined early on by the party that there was a bit of a disadvantage to being the healer when you are frothing at the mouth. You think? It's hard to cast those healing spells working with the pinnacle forums. I introduced an edge called Rage Casting because an orc screaming you be healed now is just too good to pass up. That is an awesome character choice. I'm going to rage it. heal you. You be healed now. You stop. Bleed. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we got to go uh, high school football coach that. Walk it off. Walk right. it off. Rub some, <laughs> rub Get some up in. and fight. Rub some dirt in it. Yes, sissy. Um, rub some dirt in it. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. You, your arm is off. Ah, it's just a flu. Just rub some dirt in it. Walk it off. Ice it. Well, the wizard of the party is complaining <clears throat> that their spell selection is too small. The assassin type wants her daggers to do more damage and wonders why there isn't something like sneak damage. She can use her daggers. <laughs> they keep comparing things to D&D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I pick Savage Worlds and the crew agree to it because it offers different fantasy flavor to D&D. Yes. It's a homebrew world with full orcs, hobgoblins, <clears throat> some more conventional races to play around with. Hell, the dwarves are the bad guys in this, trying to enslave humans. What do I do? Do I give in and make the accommodations for the rest of the players since I agreed to rage casting? Do I make it more like D&D since I don't ever be the things I dislike about D&D for the most part? Since it won't ever be the things. Anyway, you take care of yourself. Stay happy. Stay diverse. Stay positive. Cheers, Eric from New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, my suggestion was, um, like, the the thing is D&D sort of spoon-feed stuff. It's like, all right, I'm at a new level. Here are my spell choices, right? And so the players don't have to work or think about it too much. And Savage Worlds is a little more open-ended. It's a little more, you know, like, you have to, like, craft your fireball spell from the generate fire thing. and you Yeah, you use a generic blast and you put special Right, and then you can add different different, uh, dice pools to it, effects to it, but that takes some work from the players. So maybe you just have to generate all the spells for them. It's like, alright, your third level, here's your fireball spell, that's what you want. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they don't want to think or work too hard. Well, the, the, they they I prefer mean, the cage instead of being a, a I, flying. I ran into this exact th- same thing when we were playing 4th edition D&D and I switched over. We originally switched yeah. over to Hero and then we ended up switching over to GURPS. <clears throat> and I kept trying to tell everyone, this is a totally different system. We're because it got it started got to the point where where combats were taking forever, and so we switched to hero and gerbs. 
GURPS, in, in my defense, <laughs> is a deadlier game. Yes. <laughs> Hero is not a deadlier game, and it's not a faster game. I was going to say, I mean, the problem with Hero that broke down was that it didn't really speed anything up. It sped nothing up. It, <laughs> it, made, it, made, it, worse. Worse. it made it worse. <laughs> GURPS sped it up a little, but the problem I kept having is people kept trying to create analogs between yeah. this thing I used to be able to do in D&D, and now, instead of that, I have this spell that's similar, but it doesn't work the same, right. and it... And, and it was, it, 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 I mean, it, it's tough. It's very, especially if you've got people who have been playing D anD D exclusively for a long time. They've learned that system, right? And that does take time. It's there's an investment of of brain sweat yeah. in knowing those rules and learning them, building the character that you want and the way that you want, knowing how stuff works in combat totally. so that things go smooth. And, 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 and with that comes comfort. That familiarity yes. is comfort and relaxation. And and not just that, but you, but because you know you know like sort of the framework of how D&D works, it's you it's easier to come up with tactics in game at the table that is true that that are consistent and you know are going to work with that that might not with other systems that is very true and so that's a real t- going to be a real tough sell if you've got diehard players and i think it would be that way for anything i mean if you find diehard players for any game that they like well we just played this like you know my group was very insular and we played gurps in college and that's it that's all we played so some other game comes along it's like i would just do gurps even i <clears throat> who Played various systems and such. I have to give myself four or five times in a system before I can sort of make up my mind because there's always the learning curve. There's the fear of other. Like this is different right. and weird, and I'm freaking out. Why can't it be like D and D? Because I'm comfortable with that. Right. Uh, there is a there is a fear of an uncomfortableness that happens when you don't know what you're doing. Oh sure. And I think a lot of that comes from that. But yes, you're also right too. Is that the tropes are so ingrained. Thief steps from the back. That's how I attack. So, yeah. Well, but thieves don't always have to do that. But no, no. Thieves step in the back. No, that's you hide. You hide that, in the shadows, and then you do a sneak attack. Yeah, that's what we do. That's how you get like, this big handful of dice. <laughs> so you, can, you can get a handful of dice other ways. I mean, like with Savage Worlds, you could do dirty fighting, and you get, if you get the drop, you get a plus two as well. But I step in the back. No, no. You don't understand. You're 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 a thief, but you get to design your own thief that gets to do different things. But I can't step from the back. No, you can you can stab from the back, but you have to design it yourself. So you this is a little more free form. You get to get to design the character you want. But it doesn't work the same. Okay, you're done. Right. Yeah. That's that's the problem you're having, isn't it? I can tell because we've had the same problems. It's tricky when you switch systems on people like that. Yeah, no, he's not switching systems though. No, that's true. He's saying, Hey, I want to play this game, you guys want to play this game, and, and they, they all agree. said yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't Well I don't, yeah, but the the expectation, especially because he made it pretty clear where he's making certain accommodations to make it like D and D. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Could be because um, they're hoping to go get back to D and D. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've had that. Well, that's what it sounds like, anyways. Or, or they want something to replicate that D and D experience, where you obviously are saying, well, "Let's go in this different direction." Part of the problem is, is they may not have read the books, they may not understand the system the same way that you do. You know, like like you know. Well, like you said, there's tons of ways to... Savage Worlds gives you more flexibility. You can do everything you do in D&D through Savage Worlds in one form or another if you just do the legwork on it. Right. And, that's, and that's what it takes. And people aren't like... you know, And, and, it, and not only that is D&D, um, like Stork said, it, 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 spoon, it spoon feeds you everything. Yes. You know, everything is level... Oh, God, I hate level-based games, but I that's a me so thing. Um, 
you know, in Savage Worlds tends to be something where you, you, you have more narrative freedom. Even the players do. You get to design your own spells. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I found people aren't hip to that. Like, they, they have a real hard time. If you give somebody freedom, say, hey, what do you think? Cages or wings? Do you want the cage? You know, and there's a comfort to a cage. You're like, I'm here. I got a full, th- you know, three square meals a day. Everything gets handed to me, and I just get to play. Yeah. As opposed to, wait, wait, wait. I got to go home now, and I got to like do math and design a spell. And oh no, that's or even scary. Just think. Like, or even think. Like, like, well, because I don't know. You familiar with the OSR, the old school re- Renaissance? Oh yeah. So I've been reading through uh, a game called Orbital Blues, mm-hmm. and it's. On its surface, the, the, we all know this game. This is Cowboy Bebop. This is Firefly. This okay. is Vagrant Queen. This is space. You're, you're a space cowboy. You're a space Allah. Somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. you know, dystopian corporate space thing. The, the the system is or the the world is very very loose in what actually exists in it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's, it, you have three stats and a couple things, and you do a cool thing. You've got bad stuff anyway. And I'm thinking of doing a game in that where they get, like literally the game starts. There's a pri- there's a mercenary ship headed to a prison planet. Why are you on the ship? Outside of that, nothing exists. There is no galaxy yet until you come up with it. And you gotta you throw narrative options at somebody like that, and not everybody's ready for that kind it of stuff. Oh, absolutely. It can be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. It really is. Sometimes it's like, uh, it's just too much. It's too much. It's analysis it's like, paralysis. I'm like, I-, I got too many options. I don't know what to do. Oh, it's like making characters in Shadowrun. Right. <laughs> or GURPS. Or well, that's cool. Or that's cool. Any, any that's point cool. by system. Any point by system. Yeah. is like, what do I... It's a kid in a candy store. I want to see all. all the options. <laughs> yeah. now, now, James V brought up an interesting point. He said, change the genre... To get them interested, mm. that's a possibility. If they're used to playing D and D, they're used to playing your, your basic, yeah. generic European fantasy or, or Tolkien sort of fantasy. Steampunk it up. Play, yeah. play something entirely different. Go science fiction. Yeah, yeah your, your your orc centric idea is cool, but not different enough. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. That way, the carpet is completely pulled out, and then they don't have those expectations anymore. It's like you're in Victorian England. There's orcs and stuff, but you know. Right, You're, it's a, or, yeah, it's a run, whole run different like thing, a, like a shadow run ish kind of mm-hmm. thing. Even that's a great. That's a great suggestion. Uh, also, I mean, you do have this thing about do I make more accommodations to the rest? I'm of the mind like, all right, so make a bunch of spells for them. Like, so, so your wizard levels up and he gets a choice of spells. But after a while, just cut him off. You're like, you get to the point now. You know, where you get all these powers and you can do whatever you want. You can make you know a, mag- a magnetic spell if you want. Why don't you? Design a spell and, see, and then you bring it to me, and we'll work on it together and wean them off of it slowly, spell by spell. Eventually, they'll be making their own spells. Eventually, they'll be making their own attacks. Well, I think the whole the whole point of Savage <laughs> Worlds is they give you very generic magic, yeah. pa- whether well, powers or spells or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and then you just and and you can dress them up however you want. But they, there's a very there's a nice array of stuff huge. in there that yeah, huge. very and then when you've done a very good job of covering all of the bases and the you sort can of add different different do. dice to them so they do different damage as well and you can up it and you can do, there's there's a lot of little fiddly options in there to make yeah. each spell unique everybody sort of who's saying well it's just blast power blast I'm like well that's you know that's like saying a house is just a box you know and then you add doors and painting and traffic and it's each house looks completely different than mm-hmm. just the box you get wainscoting wainscoting sure <laughs> sorry <laughs> oddly specific but okay yeah so I, my my point is that you can 
you can you can get all of those D and D spells out of Savage Worlds, and perhaps you design a few at first, and then give them to the player, but eventually wean them off. And you can do the same with the thief and the fighter and all of that, and and work with them. But after after a while, you just say like you were doing with Gerps, it's like I'm I'm not going to really help you anymore. You guys are on your own, um, and we're also going to add in uh, falling damage now. Right. <laughs> and so the game, as we got more familiar with the game, you backed off the training wheels. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a tough sell to people who've only played one game and, and that and have decided that that is their hobby. Their hobby is not that they're a role player; they are a D and D player. That's a really good distinction. And, wow. and, I, and I think that it's a tough sell, it's mm-hmm. a, especially because they're, they're deeply invested in it. And I, I, I think James is right. If you break the genre, take the genre someplace else. Maybe you might even be able to do that with the current game you have. Yeah. So multiverses are quite a fad right now. Right. You know, like wormholes who fall in. There's all kinds of things. And then the next thing you know, they're in, you know, Victorian London. Yeah. Well, when we were kids, there was the D&D cartoon where people from our world ended up in D&D. Right. We can reverse that. Oh, there you go. That's then, perfect. Then it's Jumanji. Right? The latest Jumanjis, isn't that? Well, all right. I didn't see the newest really one. It's not really D&D. No. No, no it it's, still be- just... it's still being chased in a jungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be what I mostly remember from it. <laughs> I did think that the sequel was very funny, though. With Karen Gillian, right? Six foot tall redhead? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's it. Uh, Anything yeah. else? That you can think no, of? I don't. I, just, I don't know if we really answered his question. He sounds. It sounds like he's he's knows exactly what he wants to do, but his players don't. Uh, the, the last thing I was going to say was is I myself have gotten stuffy about finding you know playing new games. I mean, I've got a bunch of games I sort of know already, and I don't really right. need to or want to. It's like I'll play Traveler if I want to run a game. I'll run it in Traveler because I know it well and right. I like it and it's fun. Don't confuse me with another game and more rules, damn it! But I'm getting old and crotchety, and I think you're running into that, which is, we, I don't want to learn another system. This one works fine. I want that one. Right. Uh, oh sure. People fear change. It's it's hard. To, that's an intrinsic thing. That's you know, since we were monkeys on the savanna, that you know, something's different. It changes, and we run, we scatter, and it's still hardwired into our system that we fear change a lot. Right. And tigers. And <laughs> with dice. Right. All right. Uh, any, anything else about the con you want to mention before we... No, please come. If you don't, uh, come in uh, May. Are there discounts or anything if people uh, uh, order or pre-reg or something? Yeah, if you pre-reg, there's a... There's uh, there's a Happy Jacks RPG. It's still there because I, I, I bought well, a badge. There's, there's multiple ways to do it because just pre-regging in general, there's a discount. If you pre-reg as part of a group, Happy Jacks is one. There's a bunch of them on there. There's basically a list. Pick one of those. Uh, there's another discount on top of that. There's also the thing where you, if you if you really like us, you can essentially buy a year's worth and get an even steeper discount. And is there a um, still a discount if you go to the for the hotel if you're if you part of the con? Yes, there is. Yeah, if you, if you, there's a con rate for both the hotel actually and for parking too. So if you're just coming for the day, uh, the parking there is ridiculous. Yes, it is. But <laughs> but before you leave, go to registration and they'll actually have a, a validation. I want to say it's. It's ten bucks in tax. I want to say because it's like eleven dollars a day. No, it's really cheap. Yeah, yeah. I remember like I'd stay the weekend and be out for like twenty. For people not living in Los Angeles, ten dollar parking a day 
is cheap. Yes. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. In case you haven't heard, there's a big game coming up in a couple of days. <laughs> right. Super, I don't yeah. Know. I, I literally drove right down the middle of that to get here tonight and... Uh, and this is just the fan experience. This is not the Super Bowl. This is Super Bowl adjacent. Yeah, right. there's a whole hundred bucks just to park. Yes. <laughs> to walk to what is now uh, stupidcrypto.com arena to the Staples and that whole area they've got set up there. So it's a hundred. I found a couple places far away that were fifty. Wow. Yeah. So that's a deal. So yeah, parking's a thing, and and being down by the airport. Well, parking everywhere here is stupid. It I is. mean, like to go to the Rose Bowl. Forget they they have shuttles. Mm-hmm. There's one that meets over here, just on the other side of the freeway in Pasadena, and it's some parking lot that's for this office building. But the office building closes at five or whatever, so the parking lot's empty. So you go park in this parking structure, and they have a row of buses that leave like every fifteen minutes for the for the Rose or not the Rose Bowl, uh, the Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. So you get on the bus, they drive you to there. Oh, it's genius. And they tell you, you, you need to find bus number seven. Yeah, it's genius. When you come back, and then we'll take you back to, to your the it's same genius. place. That's great, because Hollywood, par- Hollywood Bowl parking is stupid. Oh, it's awful. Just not just, in, not just in, in cost, but the fact that you know you, you can't leave until the guy in front of you does. <laughs> and, the, and the 20 people in front of right. him. Well, it's because yes. the place was built in like the 30s or something, and so, you know. No one had cars. They had cars and horses, and there right. was plenty of room. He just burn it all down. He gives a shit. <laughs> no. No, no, I love the venue. I love love the venue, but still, let's burn it down. And and the big open area in the back where you can have like pictures. Oh, the whole thing is awesome. That's so cool. That's that's all. I I, I had the greatest Hollywood Bowl experience ever. I was. They were, they were playing Bugs on Broadway, which is when the L.A. Philharmonic plays along to Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh, so, of okay. course, oh, that actually they did cool. the one where it shows the Hollywood Bowl, right? And he goes running in, to, oh. and shuts in it's the whole it's the whole tenor. And so here we are in the Hollywood Bowl watching a cartoon that has the shot of the Hollywood Bowl. It was like... Brilliant. This is the greatest thing I've it's ever seen. Cartoon it's inception. Art in- imitating life. Yeah, it was. It was great. Oh, that might be my bit. Because my, my, my favorite one is I had a big group uh, all come into town because it was uh, John Williams doing the music of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those and, are good. Well, it was really cool because we show up and we're doing the whole bit. And the, you know, the first part, it was right after, uh, I think, Catch Me If You Can came out. And so, and I'm not really a jazzy guy, but there was a lot of, the music was very, very good. Yes. But we noticed that all that he did, there was no Star Wars in it. So I go, what the hell? We go to intermission, we come back, and before anything happens, James Earl Jones walks onto the stage. Oh, shit. (laughs) And then James Earl Jones proceeds to narrate the entire story of Star Wars to all the music from all the movies. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. It really was. Fuck. That was, because I I didn't know, because it's like, well, look, it's John Williams, right? You got to go see him. It's cool. But that, the Star Wars aspect of that was really cool, because, you know, nerd. So in in that same, that same, Bugs on Broadway thing. It happened to be Chuck Jones's 80th birthday, oh. and they brought him up on stage. That's awesome. So he talked for like 20 minutes, half an hour about the creation of the cartoons and how you know, those guys were crazy. <laughs> These guys came back out of the war. They were stuck in a little Quonset hut on the Warner Brothers lot, like with their shirts off, drawing all day long, coming up with the wackiest ideas, like. And they couldn't. Uh, those guys. Were, oh, anyway, it no, was no. A, it was a, like one of the greatest Hollywood Bowl experiences ever. Just to be there <laughs> with that. So that. So, well, come to LA. It's full of stuff like that. <laughs> You're not going to get that anywhere else. It's quite the digression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the 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 con is starts Friday. Friday. Uh, so so for those of you who, who don't know, 
uh, Strategic Con, we don't really close. It starts Friday at noon and runs until... I think technically we got to be out of there by six o'clock or so on Monday. Right. What, what's, what's the date here? Just so the, the people are so watching it's, this. it's February eighteenth to the twenty first. Yeah, that's it. Excellent. And it's it's all night long, kind of a thing. And all, uh, our event list is strategicon.net, uh, where you can get your pre-reg uh, badge if you want. It has our full event list. You can you can pre-sign up for a lot of stuff if you want. See what we're doing. Um, the bar doesn't open till two. Or didn't used to. The bar? Yeah. That sounds right, I think. I don't know. You know what, though? But if you really want to drink, ask any department head. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Season 29, Episode 11 of Happy Jack Jeopardy Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. I'm Mike. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. And until then, stay safe. Don't forget about StrategicCon, OrCon 2022. And we'll see you next time. We pursued this hobby From Michigan to Australia And maybe East Timor 